Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, a platform dedicated to industrial professionals all around the world because you are bold. Yes, brave. Yes, dare greatly. Absolutely. You collaborate. You... You solve problems, and you're making my life a better place. Me. You're making my world better. So thank you very much. And that's why this platform is for you, industry professionals all around the world. There is buzz in the background, maybe a little jazz, too. I'm picking that up. And uh, we are broadcasting from IoT Solutions World Congress here in Barcelona. This is 2023, and you need to put this on your calendar. We have in the hot seat, his name is Alan Friedman. CISA, it's a cyber conversation, which you have to take in. Let's get cracking. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Somebody has to have the conversation around cyber. No no one else is doing it, so I think no. that's... It's, <laughs> no one. <laughs> nope, they are. But it, it's it's always interesting, Alan. It's it's like one of those conversations you have to have, but nobody really wants to have it sometimes. It's like, I, I'm just... I'm a... I'm on the manufacturing floor. Do I have to have this conversation? And it's always so difficult for me to understand. And, and who would want to attack little old me? Who would want to attack little... I'm going to put that down on the old bumper <laughs> sticker because they do. It's true. And it's... Yeah, it's... Okay, before we get into it, give us a little background on who Alan is. Uh, I'm a failed professor who got suckered into joining government. There it is. Uh, my background is in... In tech, uh, encryption and a number of other tech things, but my PhD is in applied economics. And so a lot of what we do uh, at CISA is think about how do we actually change the world, not just proposing technical solutions, but telling a story about how we get those into the world. Well, you, you can't just leave that there. Uh, acronym, CISA, what does that stand for? Uh, cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. We are the yeah. United States government's lead cybersecurity agency, and we both work across the U.S. government, but more importantly, with the private sector to make it easier and cheaper to defend ourselves. So back to what you said in your intro, and it was making a world better, making... How do, how do you explain, just expand upon that? What does that... Mean. Sure. Well, cybersecurity covers a huge range of topics, uh, and it covers everything from workforce. How do we make sure that we have a couple more generations of people who want to do it? By the way, quick plug, cybersecurity has massive negative unemployment. So if anyone is advising young people or if you're contemplating a career change yourself, it's not too late to get involved, and CISA is hiring. I hope that's a, We're the government, so hopefully oh, that plug is okay. Hey, I, we're a podcast, which is just absolutely fine. Plug. And But there, there's a lot of uh, discussion going on, and it covers everything from uh, the very high end. So when Russia invaded Ukraine last year, we developed a posture called Shields Up to help uh, the industrial control system air, uh, community sort of figure out how do we make sure that we're ready for attacks that may come against Americans. And then there's a lot of more specific detailed approaches, such as maintaining lists of resources. So one thing that my team does is we have a list of known exploited vulnerabilities. It's not just enough to know what's vulnerable, but it's saying, hey, we know that there are bad guys who are going out in the world and trying to break into systems using these flaws. And that helps us prioritize. So what I always... 
I'm always dazzled by it. It always seems like the the cyber side of the world is always reactive. Not not you, but me, business. Yep. I, I I have to react because I was breached or whatever it might be. But there's a reactive. Is there a way of becoming proactive? Like hey 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 hey, we see you out there. That type of so so. There's a buzzword in industry called shifting to the left, right? We have, imagine you've got a boom, right? This is something from military that operations world has sort of modeled, which is to say the things that are happening after the boom, those are important and we need to have good processes. But what we really want to do is shift to the left of boom to make sure that we're prepared. Ah. And there are two ways we can do that. One is fixing things now. And then the other is to make sure that we have a posture to respond quickly when something bad happens. And that's this magical world uh, called resilience. See, you've, you brought up a couple of really... One, there is such an education component that it, it's it's a people, right? It's a people conversation. So that, that would be the left side, yeah. trying to educate and keep on educating because, I, I, I don't know, but that speed... That speed is huge. To compress it, oh, I don't. Know. And 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 by the way, it's also a, a cost thing, right? If you have the processes in place, if you have the people in place, yes. if you've done your preparation, if you have good data and good visibility, then when the inevitable bad thing does happen, or maybe it just, hey, be prepared for this new bad thing that could happen. It's going to be so much cheaper, and and it's something that you're not going to have to panic and spend too much money on. See, that's brilliant, and 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 I know that. <clears throat> I'll take being brilliant any day. Thank you. You're, you're brilliant. It's brilliant. Go for it. But it, it's let's put it this way: if I'm if I have a business and I see all these this document, I don't even know if I'm reading this documentation. And I I hear what you're saying. I want to be left a boom. I want to do everything I can to be left a boom. And I hear it's people. I hear it's processes. I understand all that. It's overwhelming. And, I, and don't tell me to go out to, you know, .gov and pull down some CISA document and have me understand what it means. Where do I go? Uh, you know, part of the challenge is, right, cybersecurity <laughs> covers all manners. Because I'm intimidated by you right yes. now. Uh, <laughs> visit CISA.gov for all your cybersecurity needs. Uh, and and, and there, there are a lot of resources out there. First is, of course... Um, use one of the many cybersecurity cliches out there. You don't try to eat the whole elephant, right? Yeah, there are different yeah, things that true, we're trying to focus true. on today. Uh, and there are real resources out there for OT security from CISA. Um, my press team is going to be very sad that I can't rattle off that <laughs> URL off the top of my head. But CISA.gov does, if, if you load our, our brand new CISA.gov webpage, there are going to be a lot of links that will help you sort of figure out how to get started. But more importantly, if you're just the cybersecurity person, that's for everything, then we've got a lot of problems, right? Which is to say, you're not going to be able to eat the whole elephant. Uh, No, you're not. And so, but there are going to be some priorities. One of them is going to be uh, to start with the NIST cybersecurity framework. Hold it. You did an acronym. Did. Acronym, thank you. Yes. NIST is the National Institute for Standards and Technology. Got it. They're a colleague of ours in the U.S. government. They're based in the Department of Commerce. So that's the first point. Yeah. They're here to help businesses. That's great. Um, and one of the things they do is they help you start to think about it. 
and there are five categories that are in the NIST framework. Dot, 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 dot. Yep. <laughs> List them. The identify, protect, defend, respond, recover. Okay. So those are five buckets. Got it. Uh, and each of those has some further advice. So that's, that's if, if you're starting your cybersecurity journey. That's one of the key pieces. And then as you mature, there's a lot more things that we should be paying attention to. So one of the things that I personally spend a lot of time thinking about is the supply chain of our software. Yeah. See, I, I had a conversation about that. And I just, it, it just blew my mind because you're just going, oh, yeah. I, I get the supply chain of you know, this mic going from here A to B, A to you know, where it is. But then when we start talking about the supply chain of, of the, 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 the software, it's like, oh, again, so, stop thinking. Well, so, and software is not uh, hewn out of alabaster marble by tonsured monks on Greek islands, right? It's assembled. <laughs> so we're, we're no one's great. Shake your hands on that one. <laughs> well done. <laughs> It's, it's like Legos, yeah. and those Legos are made up of smaller Legos and so on. Uh, and, and one of the things that I've always found fascinating about software security is they stole their ideas from heavy industry. Uh, people have been thinking about responsible supply chains since the late 1940s uh, with Deming and the right, original right, Toyota right, right, supply right, chain right, revolution. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the software world really starting in the early 2000s. It took us that long to say, hey, maybe heavy industry has some ideas that we can copy. Ah, And one of those ideas is track your suppliers. Know where things came from. See, I I heard somebody talk about island hopping. Yeah, how about that? (laughs) Yeah, I know about island hopping and it scared me to death. (laughs) It's well, and part of the focus of, why, why are we talking about supply chain now? And one of them is just because it took us a long time to sort of get into this focus across the entire software world. Um, and two, there is now software in everything, right? No one in the world is using, has a process without software. We're all dependent on it. Yeah. And the, the, the final piece is attackers are starting to go after the supply chain. Now that's a good thing. It's a good thing because it means that the front door is getting better defended. Uh, So now, not everything. There's still a lot of insecure software out there, but people who make software are starting to pay attention to making sure that they don't have as many vulnerabilities and that it's harder for the bad guys to exploit it, whether it's criminal gangs or national adversaries trying to hurt uh, national interests everywhere around the world. So the vision is to say, let's start with transparency. You need to know what you have. And what that's based on. Now, we use a term, again, from industry, from manufacturing, called a bill of materials. But today we talk about a software bill of materials, or SBOM. Wow. Continue. So, I'm enjoying this conversation. <laughs> so what is an SBOM? An SBOM is the dependency graph. It's like a tree. My product is based on these software components. Maybe they're open source, maybe they're licensed or proprietary, that's fine. Either one is good. Those in turn use other pieces of software. So you have a big bridge where this relies on this, which relies on this, which relies on this. And once you have that data, right, the the vision is not to create regulations saying you can do this, you can't use that. It's about saying, 
let's track what we have and then different organizations can focus on different kinds of risk. So for example, if you're about to buy a big new software project for your company or a big new operational technology that's built on software, wouldn't you want to know if what you're buying has vulnerabilities already in it? Right? You'd, you'd say, well, if I'm about to spend this money, I'm going to ask some questions. Yeah. So that transparency allows organizations to start saying, let's ask questions. So one, one thing is, why would you buy from someone who didn't know what they have? Right? Would you womp, go to the store womp, and get... Womp. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You're right. I, I like the example of uh, a packet of Twinkies. If I go to the store and buy Twinkies, it's going to come with a list of ingredients. Why don't we expect the same level delicious of transparency? Delicious ingredients. Yes, delicious. Right? Uh, why don't we expect the same level of transparency that we ask from a non-biodegradable snack for our critical infrastructure? And that's the vision that we're trying to advance, which is, hey, let's get used to that. Now, let's go back to that Twinkie example. Because knowing that list of ingredients won't magically keep you on your diet. It won't by itself protect your family from uh, something that they're allergic to. But good luck doing any of those things without that list of ingredients. So transparency enables better risk management. See, all I want, because I just, give me the, the starting line and I need it, I need it in consumable chunks and, and, and not big syllable words that I don't know about. And, and it's just, but I, I, I think that's where the success, if you can s simplify to the, mo to the best of your ability a very complex subject, I think you guys have something. And I like that. I like what, where you're going with that. We're, we're, we're trying to get there now. We're trying to make up this apply to literally all software on the planet because we all use the same underlying components. We all use the same open source. But that means meeting the needs of a lot of different communities. And so that's what I like to do to sort of engage with the OT world and the manufacturing world and the industrial control system world is what are the challenges that we face in those domains that maybe the fancy high-tech software companies don't. And that's why we at CIS are sort of trying to build this global effort. By the way, it's not just Americans. We have participants in this discussion it has around to. the world. It has to be. Yep. I, I, I have that question all the time. It's like, hey, I found something right over here. And then, then what do you do with right. it? it? It benefits the community, whatever that is, to know about it. Yep. Like, it's bad. It's, 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 yeah. And this effort started as uh, sort of a, a convening of industry. So we, we basically said, hey, we want industry leadership. And we still have that, and CISA has this uh, model where we, we want to talk to industry, but we also run different working groups that are focused on technical details. But this isn't staying as a purely voluntary thing. Government gonna government. We know this. Yeah, yep. And we're starting to see this entering regulation. So in 2021, uh, the president issued an executive order that said that pretty soon everything the U.S. government buys is going to have to have this S-bomb. Now, I'll give you a hint. The U.S. government buys a lot of things. Yeah. I. I... Good. Thumbs yeah. up. And we're also seeing this. Uh, so if anyone out there is in the medical device space, right, that's an... Uh, the FDA, which regulates medical devices, is saying anything that you want to sell 
anything that you want to put on the market new, going to have to have an SBOM. You got to make sure that you have it. So uh, you and since we're here in Barcelona, hey. uh, the European Commission has said they proposed yes. something called the Cyber Resiliency Act yes. that says everything that's going to be sold in the European Union, big place, is uh, going to, you're going to have to have an SBOM to give to your regulator. You were great. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I don't know where to go now. Still, <laughs> there's a lot of lot of stuff. I'm glad people are like you and others do this. I mean, I look at it strictly from a from a, I don't know, a perspective that that you're really trying to help protect business, and and it's just it, business doesn't have to Well, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. We have to be able to tell a story of what change looks like and how do we make the world yeah, better. You, Awesome. How do they get a hold of you? What would be the best way? Please. Uh, email okay. sbomb at cisa, C I S A, dot DHS dot gov. We're going to have that email out there at Industrial Talk. Alan, you were fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on. Once again, we're here at IoT Solutions World Congress 23. You need to put this on your calendar. It is a great event. You get people like Alan. He's pretty cool. You get to talk to him. Yeah, you want that. Reach out to him. All right, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. Thank you very much for joining. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. How about that for a conversation? Alan is his name. IoT Solutions World Congress. Put that on your bucket list to attend in 2024. Because you know why? You know why you need to attend? Get people like Alan. Alan delivering the goods in cybersecurity. So I'm going to have all his contact information out there. But we were talking about SBOM. SBOMs. You need to be a part of that and be a part of that discussion because... If you're in the world of digital transformation, yes, you've got connected assets. Yes, they need to be protected. And yes, you need people like Alan to help you along with that journey and his community and the community within CISA there to help you succeed. Software Bill of Materials. I thought that was pretty cool. His email is sbom, S-B-O-M. All right. Reach out. Industrial talk. All right. We've got a couple. Got a couple of, well, couple three. How about that? Uh, events planned. And they're webinars. One is, of course, augmented reality. And uh, how that looks from an industrial perspective, augmented reality. Which is a really interesting and topic that people have been asking me about, too. We're going to be doing uh, a series on supply chain and challenges and of course that was a a very high-end interest for many people within manufacturing and then finally quantum computing i don't and web3 don't know too much about it but a lot of people are really intrigued with what that means and how is that impacting industry or is it even going to impact industry i don't have the answers but the people that will be talking about it do all right Be bold, be brave, dare greatly. I say it all the time. Hang out with Alan with an A, and you will be changing the world. We're going to have another great conversation coming from IoT Solutions World Congress, so stay tuned.